Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Concussion Game Plan, a podcast from the Concussion Legacy Foundation. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Nowinski, co-founder and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. We are here because more than 5 million Americans suffer concussions each year. If you or your loved one has just suffered a concussion, what you do next can make the difference between a fast recovery and a long fight. I know this because I've made the wrong choices after a concussion in 2003, and I've paid the price ever since. We created Concussion Game Plan to give you all the information you need to set yourself up for a complete recovery, but also to be prepared for the challenges you may face. We're glad you found us. Our hope is this podcast will help guide you through the first days and weeks of concussion recovery and beyond. We want you to know when to seek care, what to expect, and most of all, that you are not alone. Over the course of the next eight episodes, you'll hear from the leading experts in the field, along with patients who have suffered concussions, to validate your experience, share coping tips, offer advice for caregivers, and support you through the recovery process. Today, we're taking a deep dive on the injury itself. What's really happening in your brain when you have a concussion? What should you do in the first 48 hours after injury? Let's jump right in. A concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury, and it's usually caused by a very violent shaking of the brain inside the skull. Most of the time, there's a blow to the head that's received that causes the shaking, but sometimes there isn't a blow, and it's simply a whiplash type shaking of the head from a blow to another part of the body. Dr. Robert Cantu is one of the world's leading experts on concussion. He was also my doctor when I was desperately trying to understand why a concussion I suffered in 2003 as a WWE professional wrestler would not go away. Dr. Cantu diagnosed me with post-concussion syndrome and helped me realize that in 18 years of banging my head in sports, I had never been taught the signs and symptoms of a concussion or the value of resting after a concussion. I soon learned that I was not alone. Few athletes have ever been properly educated on concussions. Dr. Cantu opened my eyes to an enormous public health issue. So we founded the nonprofit Concussion Legacy Foundation together in 2007 to change how concussions were understood and managed. Dr. Cantu still serves as CLF's medical director and also sees patients at the Cantu Concussion Center at Emerson Hospital in Concord, Massachusetts. There's no one better equipped to take us inside the brain during concussion. What's happening in the brain itself is really two things. First, and probably the most prominent, is a metabolic aberration so that brain cells can't talk to each other, can't function the way they normally do, because the transmitters that they use to talk to each other are chaotically released and are not present to be transmitted in a normal way. And then there are also metabolic changes within cells that cause the individual cells themselves not to function normally. And we refer to that as the neurometabolic cascade of concussion. And that's certainly the most prominent thing in immediate concussion. But there is also a second injury. And the second injury is something that is more extreme in some cases than others, and it involves an actual structural tearing of axons, the connection between nerve cells, and sometimes a tearing of nerve cells themselves. And when there is a prominent amount of structural damage, then the symptoms almost always last a very long time, and sometimes, rarely, but sometimes don't completely recover. Your brain controls, well, everything. So it makes sense that a concussion can impact how a person thinks, 
feels, and acts. The most common immediate symptoms of concussion fall into the cognitive group of symptoms, such as memory, such as learning new things, such as memory for what had happened at the time of the concussion and in the seconds uh, and minutes after the concussion. So cognitive issues are quite immediate. Also physical symptoms or what we call somatic symptoms happen immediately. The most common of them is headache and that is the most common symptom of concussion. And it is almost always occurring rather rapidly after the blow to the head. Other common symptoms that can occur uh, frequently right after a concussion are dizziness or lightheadedness or being aware that one's balance is off or being aware that one's vision is off. There are other symptoms that can occur fairly rapidly, but usually occur days or sometimes several days after a concussion. And these symptoms fall into the sleep category, especially the difficulties with sleeping less than usual and the difficulty with falling asleep uh, at night. It was just the headaches, just not being like a hundred percent. I would say some seemed like just incredibly bright for no reason. George Abinaw, a former member of Boston University's men's soccer team, recalls how he felt after a concussion he suffered during his sophomore year. I always just seemed to have a pressure in my head with, you know, any activity I did. There was like a little man inside my head and he was just like pushing on the inside. And like sometimes he wouldn't push hard, sometimes he would push hard, sometimes wouldn't be pushing at all. Like I, I know for a fact I wouldn't be able to watch a movie or even like a 30 minute TV show. Like I wasn't watching Netflix or anything because I just couldn't focus on it. George, like so many others, didn't immediately recognize or respond to his concussion. It was on a Friday and I was playing at an indoor soccer tournament at my old club team. And I was actually supposed to go back to school that Saturday. So literally the next day and it was indoors, so there was boards all around, and I was dribbling down, and I got fouled, and when I fell, I hit my head on the board, and I could kind of hear everyone gasp and say, ooh, like, you know, like that, and I just remember getting back up. I don't remember, like, how long I was down, but I walked off, and everyone looked incredibly concerned, and I just remember telling them, like, I, I, I'm fine, and then, like, Probably after five minutes, I went back on, kept playing. I finished up the tournament. I remember the next game, I scored a hat trick. And like even on the car car ride home, I remember telling my mom and my brother, like, I don't know why everyone was overreacting. Like, I feel perfectly fine. And then probably that night, as I was about to go to bed, I just got a horrible headache. If you think you suffered a concussion, the most important thing is to immediately restrict physical and cognitive activity. Uh, if you're a distance from home, uh, don't drive your car home. You don't want to physically or cognitively stress yourself immediately after a concussion. What's happening over the first 48 hours especially, but it actually can go beyond 48 hours and does in many cases, is the brain is trying to repair itself. This ATP pump is trying to put the sodium and potassium ions that have exited the nerve cells into the spaces outside of nerve cells back in the nerve cells 
so that the, the nerve cell can now function again. And the neurotransmitters, which have been chaotically released from the ends of axons uh, that talk to adjacent nerve cells, can be put back on the ends of axons so that one cell can now communicate with the other. So there's a storm of activity. It requires energy. Unfortunately, the pump is damaged by the uh, depolarization of membranes of the cells that happen and allowing for ions that don't normally uh, occupy intracellular spaces to now occupy them like calcium, uh, which shuts down the pump. But what's happening is this reparative process, and that's why rest, both cognitive and physical, is so important immediately after a concussion, especially in the first 48 to 72 hours. Looking back on it, George told us he wishes he would have rested more immediately after he hit his head, but he soon received a clue from his Xbox that he needed to take action. As silly as it sounds, I actually um, decided to go get checked out the next day because I was playing FIFA, like uh, the video game, the soccer video game. And um, I'm a very good FIFA player and I've always been the best out of all my friends. And I played against, um, we had a kid who had just transferred and he's actually one of my best friends now, but I didn't know him at the time. And he said, oh, like I'm a great FIFA player. And I was like, I'm the best around. So he plays me and I lose to him. And that was strange. I was like, okay, I never lose. Like, this is weird. Then I played another one of my roommates who I've never lost to, lost to him twice. And I was like, okay, this is, this is strange. Like, why is my brain not working well? For me, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I can't hide from it anymore. I can't keep telling myself I'm fine. Clearly, you know, something's happening where my brain isn't fully functioning. My eyes aren't fully functioning. I'm not at full capacity because if I was at full capacity, this would never happen. So I decided immediately to go to the urgent care. And it was at that urgent care that I was officially diagnosed with concussion. Certainly not all concussions do you have to see a doctor immediately. If the symptoms are relatively few, we normally track um, in our concussion checklist 26 symptoms. Uh, say you only had a few of them, four or five of them, and they weren't very severe, we normally score them from one to six in terms of severity. Um, and say most of the symptoms were relatively mild. I don't think in, in most of those instances, you need to see a doctor right away. But if the symptoms get worse over time, especially rapidly get worse, or if the symptoms persist for a period of more than days or weeks, then for sure you should be seeing a doctor. I think the safe thing is any symptoms of any significant severity that persists more than a few days, uh, I would certainly suggest a, a doctor be consulted or at least a concussion specialist. I think athletes are a little bit different because you now have the return to sport issue. It's very important after a concussion that if you're an athlete, uh, that you've been seen by a doctor or a member of the medical team before you go back to play. Anybody with concussion symptoms should not be making their own diagnosis in, in terms of when they should return to play. They should be seen and evaluated by a medical specialist with concussion expertise. Whether or not you see a doctor right away, it's important to listen to your body and be in tune with your symptoms before returning back to work or school.
for someone that's had a concussion, um, you don't want to go back to work with its cognitive and some kinds of work physical demands, or even go back to school with its cognitive demands if you're significantly symptomatic. It's much better to take a day or two off and see if the symptoms won't on their own subside. If they won't subside, then you should be seeking medical attention. If you do elect to go back to school and you find that your symptoms are exacerbated by returning to school or returning to work, then you should seriously think about uh, again going back home and getting a doctor's note to stay out of school or stay out of work. Because if you go back to school and you greatly exacerbate symptoms, you're probably going to prolong for a significant period of time how long you're going to be symptomatic. The thing I learned was that to just be completely open and honest. And I just told all my teachers, I said, hey, I know it's the first week, but I suffer concussion. Um, I'm going to try my best to do my work. But this is kind of the state I was at now. And Luckily, they were all very accommodative. I was able, if I needed an extra day, I was able to get an extra day. If the assignment to be amended was amended. George made quick adjustments after he learned he had a concussion, shifting his mindset and finding simple ways to center himself. Just resting, honestly, you know, laying down, clearing my head. And an important thing too was clearing my head in a peaceful way, not necessarily getting in my head saying, this is awful. I can't do anything. My head hurts. Just like, I don't think I meditated, but it was very soothing. And I think another big two was like showering. I remember like spending, you know, a lot of time in the shower because like, I don't know if it was the water like going down on my head, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a depressive state I was in. It was almost like, that's where I, like, I felt like at home and peaceful. Even in the classroom, like I freshman year, like I, I knew I could do better. I knew like sophomore year, like that was going to be my big leap. And then now I was like, okay, am I even going to be, have the opportunity to do that? Am I, am I, if I need to write a paper, am I going to be able to sit for three hours on my computer and write a paper? So I think the biggest adjustment for me was not overreacting and just knowing that I, I was going to get through it at some point. And I think even now, like, no matter what I do, whether it's on the field, off the field, my mindset is always at some point, like I will get through it. Like at, in, in two days, when I do that presentation, it could go awful. I could get an F, but I would get through it. So like, that was my mindset too. And I was thinking if I have this concussion for a week, I'll get through it. If it's a month, I'll get through it. I could have concussion for a year, but I know I'll get through it at some point. I'll be over the hump. The training rooms at BU became a second home for George as he spent time with athletic trainers slowly, and the key word is slowly, returning back to exercise, something Dr. Cantu says is crucial for recovery. For an individual that has suffered a concussion and their concussion symptoms are diminishing, we don't wait until the symptoms have completely gone away anymore before starting them on a gradual exercise program because it, we've learned that moderate exercise, as long as it does not make symptoms worse, can actually be beneficial for a number of concussion symptoms, especially cognitive and emotional symptoms. So for an individual that's had a concussion, we will gradually start them on a resistive and aerobic exercise program, even before their symptoms have totally cleared, but it's at a rate and an intensity 
that does not make symptoms worse. So it's something that needs to be done under supervision. We're obviously not allowing them to do activities that are at risk for further head trauma. That is something that was going to be deferred until they're totally cleared to return to activities without restriction. George's message to athletes recovering from a concussion is simple. Patience pays off. Don't think about losing your spot. Don't think about, you know, not being able to practice, not being able to play. You have to think about yourself. What is going to make you be the best version you can be? Because you're not going to be the best version you can be playing concussion. You're not going to be the best version you can be if you do something that makes it worse and you're out for six months as opposed to maybe one month. So truly think about yourself and think about what is best going to help you, not only for now, but in the long run. George's advice is excellent, and it's a lesson I learned the hard way, and much later than George did. We'll be right back with Dr. Cantu, as he sets the record straight on a few common concussion misconceptions. So let's bust a few myths about concussion. Dr. Cantu, you often hear that if you get a concussion, someone will need to wake you up every few hours over the night to check on you. Is that still good advice? Why or why not? After a concussion a number of years ago, it used to be fairly common that an individual would be awakened every two or three hours during the night. That awakening is not in terms of the concussion itself. The awakening is so that you can be sure that somebody can wake up and they don't have a blood clot and they're not dying because of a blood clot. Being awakened every several hours actually retards your recovery from the concussion. And therefore, we don't suggest any longer that people be awakened every two hours. If someone is significantly worried about whether somebody might have a blood clot because of worsening headache or diminishing level of consciousness, they should immediately go to emergency department and be checked out for that. There was a time when doctors advised patients to lay in a dark room after concussion until their symptoms went away. Was that good advice? What did we learn there? There was a time when some uh, medical uh, physicians uh, treating concussion would advocate uh, essentially putting somebody in a dark room immediately after a concussion and keeping them there until their symptoms had significantly improved. We now know that that is the absolute opposite of what is best. People that are light sensitive should be in a darkened environment or wearing dark glasses, but people should not be put in uh, a dark room and left there. Absence of activity around them is negative for concussion. Do you have to black out or lose consciousness to have a concussion? A very frequent myth about concussion is that to have suffered one, you have to have been unconscious. 30 years ago, that was quite prevalent. Now we've known for many years uh, that you don't have to be unconscious to have had a concussion. In fact, with athletic concussions, more than 90% of them occur without any loss of consciousness. You have to hit your head to sustain a concussion. To sustain a concussion, you normally have to shake the brain quite violently. And this happens most of the time with blows that are directly uh, imparted on the head. But you don't have to have a blow to the head to have a concussion. You can have the head snap back violently from a blow to your back or snap forward violently uh, from a blow to your chest. 
So this whiplash injury uh, mechanism of concussion uh, is real and can cause concussion. Can concussions impact your mental health? After a concussion, there are a wide variety of emotional symptoms that occur. Most of these do not occur immediately. Uh, most of them also, like sleep symptoms, occur uh, days later. Um, and the most characteristic and the most frequent of them are anxiety, depression, irritability, and emotionality, uh, short fuse. These are symptoms that can occur within 24 hours of a concussion, but are more common to occur days after a concussion. We'll address those emotional symptoms more in depth coming up on episode four. Next question, will a concussion show up on any sort of brain scan? One of the most difficult clinical aspects of diagnosing a concussion is that it will not be visible on a normal CAT scan or a normal MRI. It's a microscopic injury, it's not a macroscopic injury, and we don't see it on these macroscopic studies. After concussion, should you immediately take medicine, for example, in Advil? After a concussion, it's best to take no medication at all acutely in the first 24 or 48 hours. But if you're going to take anything at all, Tylenol is the safest of medications because it does not cause increased bleeding like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories such as Motrin or Advil do. So you want to stay away from non-steroidals and you also want to stay away from strong pain medications that would suppress your ability to know if, for instance, headache was significantly getting worse. Dr. Cantu, you are simply the best. Thank you for busting those myths, and we'll be right back. We want to close out this episode with one of the more important things for anyone with a concussion to hold on to, hope. I think that overwhelmingly, after a concussion, the great majority of people are going to rap relatively rapidly clear their symptoms, even without any medical attention uh, within the first days or week or two. Um, so I think that the most important thing acutely is to be aware of what you need to do, reduce your physical activity, reduce your cognitive activity, and be aware that you almost uh, certainly have a very high percentage of chance, 75, 80%, that the symptoms are gonna clear on their own in the next week or two at, on the long end. You will get better. The pain you are feeling right now is not forever. And you may even get to the point like George and me, where you can find positives from the experience. It's a very difficult time, no matter how long it is, even if it's a week, two weeks, in my case, two months, it's a difficult time, but you can look back at it positively if you do the right things if you know that you did the right thing. Because if you do the wrong things, if you go about it the wrong way, if you try and go back too quickly, then you're gonna look back at it very negatively. I got through it and, <laughs> and soccer is going great now. School-wise, I've done better even since that semester. So everything's trended up for the most part since then. So. Things, things will get better and you will get back to not just yourself, but you'll become better for it if you go about it the right way. Great message from George, who made a full recovery and as you heard, is doing better than ever. 
We appreciate him taking the time to share his story with us today and to Dr. Cantu for lending his incomparable expertise. If you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode, or if you're looking for care for yourself or loved one, our team at the Concussion Legacy Foundation is always here for you. Reach out to the CLF helpline at concussionfoundation.org helpline, and a dedicated member of our staff will connect you with the resources and support in your area for free. Thanks for listening to our first episode of Concussion Game Plan. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. We hope you'll join us for episode two with the incredible Dr. David Dodick. He will share his insights into the physical symptoms of concussions, explaining why you're feeling what you're feeling and offering wonderful strategies to help patients and caregivers cope. Until then, I'm Dr. Chris Nowinski. Keep fighting.